Now how is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent help to the believers? In different ways. First of all, the angels. Now during the battle, what happened? Id yughashikum. Remember when it was covering you. Yughashikum. Ghasha. Yughashi. Yughashi is from Ghayn Sheen Wow. Ghishawa. What does Ghishawa mean? A covering. Right? So yughashikum, it was covering over you. Meaning it was overcoming you. You were overwhelmed by it. What was just overcoming you? An-nu'as, the drowsiness. Meaning when you were overcome by sleepiness. Nu'as, from nun ayn sin, nu'as is basically such drowsiness that is followed by sleep. Such drowsiness that is followed by sleep. Has that ever happened to you? Perhaps it has happened to you, and I'm sure it has, especially during class, that you are extremely sleepy. You take a sip of water, you sit up. Some people I know, they pinch themselves. They poke themselves with their pen, wake up, wake up, wake up. But what happens? They doze off. Hmm? They doze off. So they're overcome by such drowsiness, which they're not able to shake off. They're not able to repel. So what happens? They eventually fall asleep. Even if it's just for a few moments. Even if it's just for a few seconds, because sometimes it happens that you're sitting, you're forcing your eyes open, and then you fall asleep and your head, it drops. And as it drops, you know, you shake and then you just wake up. You get startled and you wake up. Hmm? That is what? Nu'as. That state of sleepiness that overcame you, that is nu'as. So now what happened? إِذْ يُغَشِّيكُمُ nuasa, When drowsiness was overcoming you, amaratan as security. Minhu from him. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused you to become so sleepy. Why? To give you some rest. Because you know sometimes when you are overcome by sleep and you get to sleep for even a minute or two, then when you wake up, you're fresh. It's like you got that two minute power nap. And also when you are sleepy, then no matter what you have to do, you forget it. It's like you know people who take drugs. Why do they take drugs? Because they want to be in such a state where they can forget about their problems. Whether that problem is some extreme pain in the body, or it is some great stress in their lives, whatever it may be. Why do they take drugs? To numb their senses. Right? So that they can escape that fear, that pain, that stress, and they can relax for those few minutes. Right? So, one is that a person takes drugs, and the other is that he goes to sleep. Right? What is safer? What is healthier? What is better? Sleep. Right? And especially at a time when you're stressed out, you, when you're overcome by sleep, you can't think about your problems. You can't think about it. Last night I was trying to complete my preparation and I had four verses left. Okay? And I'm forcing myself to stay awake. But I couldn't. I kept dozing off. I kept dozing off. And that stress I had, I have to complete this before going to sleep. I don't know where that went because I fell asleep. Right? I fell asleep so many times. And eventually, finally, I got up and I was fully awake. I completed my lesson and then I went to bed properly. My husband was watching me. I'm like, it must be very funny watching me falling asleep like this in front of you. And he's like, I don't know how you're awake. I don't know how you're continuing. So because these half minute power naps that I'm getting, every time I wake up, I have the energy to continue for those two, three minutes until I fall asleep again. Right? So this is what happens. Sleep, it relaxes you. 
Sleep relaxes you. Drowsiness makes you separate from your problems. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused such sleep to overcome the believers. So this is one way in which He helped. Another way that He helped the believers was, وَيُنَزِّلُ عَلَيْكُمْ And He sent down upon you, مِنَ السَّمَاءِ From the sky, مَاءً and water. He sent rain upon them. He sent rain. Why? لِيُطَهِّرَكُمْ بِهِ So that He could purify you with it. And secondly, وَيُذْهِبَ And He would remove عَنْكُمْ from you رِجِزَ الشَّيْطَانِ The filth of shaitan. The filth of shaitan that had affected you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused that to be removed because of rain. Another benefit of the rain, yarbita. He makes steadfast, yarbita, he ties, yarbita is basically from rabata. Remember, isbiru wa sabiru wa rabitu, to tie. So he wanted to tie, make firm, ala qulubikum, your hearts. He wanted to make your hearts firm. Another benefit of the rain, وَيُثَبِّتَ بِهِ الْأَقْدَامِ And he would make firm, bihi by it, meaning by the rain, الْأَقْدَامِ The feet, plural of qadam. Now what do we see here? That the Muslims were out in the way of Allah. And when they were out in the way of Allah, whose help was with them? Whose help was with them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help. Remember that if Allah's on your side, if Allah's help is with you, then no matter how weak you are, no matter what challenge lies before you, you'll be fine. You'll survive. You will survive. Why? Because you know who's helping you? The one who has absolute power and ability to control your body and the body of every single person. The one who has in control not just the people and their circumstances, but even the weather. Even the clouds and the rain. So if Allah's on your side, then you know what? Everything is going to be in your favor. It's going to work out in your favor. Even if it apparently seems that it's not working in your favor, in reality it is working in your favor. If Allah is on your side. And how can you get Allah's help? When you are upon the truth, when you're doing what is right, and when you seek Allah's help, when you ask Him for His help, He will support you. So here we see two examples of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped the believers. That first of all, they were overcome by sleep. And this happened the night before the exam, the night before the battle. Okay, So they were able to get some sleep. Because if it has ever happened with you, that you have something important early in the morning, first thing in the morning you have something very very important to do, and because of that you're anxious and you're nervous, and you cannot sleep all night, you're tossing and turning in bed, then how are you going to be in the morning? How are you going to be in the morning? You're going to be sleepy. You're going to be tired. You could literally feel your brain hurting. Right? You can't open your eyes. Your eyes are aching. They're burning. Because first of all, you are physically exhausted. Secondly, your stress levels are like, you know, beyond measurable. Right? Because all night, instead of sleeping, you've been tossing and turning. Right? So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused them to sleep the night before the battle, because when the Muslims, they arrived at Badr, the mushrikeen, their army was already camped there. Imagine your enemy is in front of you. Just, you know, a few miles from you, literally. Maybe less than that. Is right before you. And how can you sleep? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused them to be overcome by sleep. 
And when you're overcome by sleep, that sleep is really the best sleep. Does it ever happen with you? That you just can't control your sleep. And you sleep. And you wake up and you're like, that was the best sleep I've ever had. Once the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they were traveling. And it was late in the night. And the companions, they said, Oh, Prophet ﷺ, please, can we camp and get some rest? Because we're really tired. So the Prophet ﷺ said, I'm afraid that if we'll sleep, then we'll sleep through our prayers. We'll miss our fajr. So Bilal ﷺ, he said, I'll wake you guys up. I'll wake everybody up. He didn't say inshallah. And then what happened? Everybody's sleeping. Bilal ﷺ, he said, okay, let me just sit down. So he sat down and he leaned against his saddle. And as he was leaning against it, he fell asleep. And when he fell asleep, nobody woke the Muslims up. And what happened? The Prophet ﷺ woke up when the sun was already rising. So he said, Oh Bilal, where is it what you said? Meaning you said you were going to wake us up. What happened? And Bilal anhu said, I have never slept like this before. I have never slept like this before. So it happens that when you are overcome by sleep, that sleep, even though it's very short, it's the best sleep, the most relaxing sleep. You wake up and you're fresh. You're like, I was out completely. I have no idea that you were trying to wake me up for one hour. I have no idea that the alarm was ringing. I have no idea that this happened and that happened. Hmm? So, إِذْ يُغَشِّكُمُ النُّعَاسَ أَمَنَةً It was such sleep that brought them relief, that brought them comfort. And also, this happened during the battle. Like it happened at Uhud. Remember the companion who was trying to lift up his sword? and Imagine, you have a sword in your hand and you're falling asleep. Can you imagine? Not a pen in your hand. I mean, with the pen, I understand. You're sitting, you're listening, you're bored, and you know your pen drops. That's understandable. But imagine somebody has a sword in their hand, they're in the middle of the battle, and they're falling asleep. Their sword keeps dropping. So this was what? Amanatan. It was a means of rest and security for the believers. It gave them comfort and peace. It took their fear away. And secondly, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent rain. Now rain, why did Allah send it down? First of all, to clean you. To clean you. What happened was that there was well at Badr. But because the presence of the mushrikeen, the Muslims didn't have access to that water easily. Okay? And they needed the water for their wudu, for their ghusl. So what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent rain. And then the Muslims had water, they collected the rainwater, and they used it to wash themselves up. So first of all, they were able to clean themselves. Secondly, The filth of shaitan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took that away. Now what is this rijz shaitan? Shaitan's effect, his waswasa, the fear that he had cast in the heart of the believers, the anxiety, the stress that they were full of. So what happened? Because of that rain, the air was fresh, it lifted up their mood. It removed their depression. Hmm? And what happened? That filth of shaitan, it was removed. Has it ever happened with you that you were indoors and you're tired, you're not happy, you're like, I don't know what's happening with me, and you're like, I'll just go for a walk. I'll go for a walk. You step outside, the air is fresh because it just rained. Hmm? You breathe in that fresh air 
and your mind, your body, it relaxes. And as it relaxes, the stress is gone. Hmm? That fear is gone. You are now relaxed. So because of the rain, the air was fresh. And the rids of shaitan, it was gone. It was removed. And then another benefit of the rain was that their hearts were strengthened because they were energized. When the environment is fresh, the air is fresh, and you've had fresh water to drink and wash yourself up with, then what happens? You get energized. When you're energized, your heart is at rest, and you get the confidence to face the challenge. Right? You get the energy to do what you have to do. For example, in the morning, if the first thing you do, you wake up and you just open up your book and you start studying right away. And you're falling asleep and you're not fresh. What do you do? You know what? I'm going to go shower first. You go, take a shower, get dressed, and then put some makeup on and you're like, yeah, now I'm ready. Right? So it gives you confidence. وَلِيَرْبِطَ عَلَىٰ قُرُوبِكُمْ Another benefit of the rain was وَيُثَبِّتَ بِهِ الْأَقْدَامِ Have you ever gone to the beach? Hmm? How was the sand? I'm not talking about the sand that is close to the water, that the water was on and now the water has retreated, so the sand is now firm and flat. I'm talking about the one that's far from the water. Hmm? It's bumpy. And is it easy to walk on it? No. Yeah, or like if you're walking on the snow. Hmm? How is it? Your foot bends and you feel as if you've twisted your ankle. You know, walking with so much difficulty. But what happened when the rain falls on the desert sand, that the sand becomes firm. It becomes firm and it's easier to stand on it, it's easier to walk on it. So the side where the Muslims were, that part, because it was slightly elevated, it became nice and firm. And the side where the mushrikeen were, because it was at slightly lower level, it became muddy. So وَيُثَبِّتَ بِهِ الْأَقْدَامِ The Muslims, they were standing on firm ground. They were able to move around easily. And the mushrikeen, it was difficult for them to walk. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent His help. Urwa bin Az-Zubayr, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent rain down from the sky on a sandy valley. That rain made the area where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu and His companions camped firmer so that it did not hinder their movement. And meanwhile, the part that the Quraysh were camping on became difficult to move on. So you see, if Allah's help is with you, then everything is going to be in your favor. Has it ever happened with you that you go out, let's say it has snowed the night before, or it is snowing, and you say, it's okay, I'll still go to class. And you go with a little bit of difficulty, but as you come out of the streets, you find out the main streets are, alhamdulillah, clear. And you get to your class, and on your way out, you find out that everything is clear. It's not snowing anymore, it's not raining anymore, instead the sun is out, and the roads are almost dry. Something that we experienced yesterday. Hmm? Remember that after class when I told you, look out the window, I was worried, how are we going to make it home? But when I stepped out of the building, it was like as though it was fine. Nice and sunny and the main roads were clear. So when a person goes out in the way of Allah, then Allah's help is with him. Initially, Allah tests us. He creates that difficulty to see what we do. Do we give up or do we take that step? You know when you take one step towards Allah, Allah takes ten steps towards you. That one step is very difficult. But you have to take that leap. You have to take that step.
Aisha? And uh, it's not working because my battery died. So I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm looking at the weather, and I need any excuse. Oh, my God, I should stay at home and listen online and, and stuff like that. I'm like, no, you know what? I should call a roadside assistant. Maybe they'll come quick. And I call them, and they come within, like, 20 minutes, even though I was thinking, you know what? I should change and dress up and start cleaning because its weather is bad, and they're going to take long. So alhamdulillah, while I was coming, uh, I was uh, just making dua that you all oh, just make the road clear when I go back. And when I was driving back, I was so subhanAllah shocked that it didn't even seem like it was snowing, like yes. literally two hours before. Yeah. SubhanAllah, so you're right. إِذْ يُوحِي رَبُّكَ When your Lord was inspiring, yuhi is from wahyun. Wahi is basically revelation. But remember that wahi is not just revelation. Literally it means to give an instruction. Okay? To communicate how secretly. In a way that others around don't find out. This is why the word wahi is used for revelation. And it's also used for any command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to one of His servants. So for example over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was telling the angels. So the word wahi has been used. So if yuhi rabbuka ilal malaika. When your Lord was inspiring the angels. Anni ma'akum. That indeed I am with you. Imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the angels I am with you. Meaning my help is with you. If Allah is telling the angels my help is with you, then imagine, does He not give more comfort to the servants who are weaker than the angels? Who are in more difficulty than the angels are? If yuhi rabbuka ilal malaikati anni ma'akum, I'm with you, my help is with you. Fathabitu. Therefore strengthen, stabilize. From tathbit, sabata. Same root as you, thabbita. That stabilize, make firm, strengthen, who? Alladina amanu. Those people who believe. Bring comfort and peace to their hearts. Give them confidence. How? By bringing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy to them. فَثَبِّتُوا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا By putting positive thoughts in their hearts. فَثَبِّتُوا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا سَأُلْقِي Soon I will cast فِي قُلُوبِ الَّذِينَ In the hearts of those people who... Which people? كَفَرُوا Those who disbelieved. Allah said, I will cast in the hearts of the disbelievers الرُعْبَ The fear. The fear. Meaning, the disbelievers will be afraid. Their hearts will be full of fear. They'll be awestruck. And the believers on the other hand, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the angels, calm them down, relax them, encourage them, motivate them. Now imagine, if two people are face to face, okay, they are challenging each other, they're coming against one another in an encounter, and one person is very relaxed, very confident, And the other person, what is he? Nervous and anxious and afraid. Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? The one who is relaxed. Right? Somebody was telling me that there is a football player or something. I don't know. But what he does is that as he is playing, he keeps telling his teammates about the other team. That this guy standing over there, he's going to get you from the back and he's there and he's going to do this and he's going to do this. So he starts commenting on the other team. So what happens is that the players of that team, they get a little nervous that he knows exactly what we're going to do. 
Hmm? And it's actually happening now. Because the other day my husband was watching a game and I see this guy is yelling. I'm like, they actually yell like that throughout the game? He's like, he's just doing this to make the other team nervous. So they get nervous that this guy knows what we're going to do. So what happens is that they start thinking about changing their strategy, repositioning people, and then as they're planning, the game continues. Right? So what happens is that when you are relaxed and you manage to get your enemy nervous, then you're going to win. This is one of the best tactics, one of the best strategies to victory. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He made the believers calm and relaxed, and the disbelievers, their hearts were full of fear. And when they were afraid, there were many things that caused this to happen. First of all, the fact that their ground was slippery. Secondly, the way that the Prophet ﷺ caused the Muslims to stand. It seemed as though there were many. So the mushrikeen were expecting only a few, and here it seems as though there are so many Muslims. So just that sight made them nervous. Then also what we learn is that before the battle actually began, a few people came from the side of the mushrikeen, like two or three men. And they challenged that you send to us the best of your men to fight one-on-one. So three men from the Muslims came forward, and there was one-on-one, and what happened? The mushrikeen. All their three men, gone. So the three of their best men were finished right at the beginning. Imagine the confidence of the rest of the people. It was gone. Gone instantly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put the fear in the hearts of the disbelievers, and Allah instructed the angels that how do you Attack the disbelievers that فضربوا, therefore strike فوق above الأعناق أعناق, plural of أعناق, neck وضربوا and strike منهم at them meaning strike them where? كل بنان, every fingertip or joint بنان is the plural of banana not banana banana okay and banana is what? fingertips because your fingers do look like bananas okay so banana is what? fingertip Okay? And banana is also used for joints. So you know in your fingers you have joints. In your hand you have many joints. Your arm you have joints. Like elbow is a joint, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught the angels to strike the mushrikeen in a particular way. That strike them on the necks and strike them where? On their joints or on their fingertips. Have you ever gotten hurt on your fingers? On your fingertips? Ever? Has it ever happened that you're like maybe hitting a table or something and you just hit the tip of your finger? Has it ever happened? It hurts so bad. It's just the tip of the finger. But it incapacitates you. Like you can't do anything with your hand. You have one tiny paper cut on the tip of your finger and you say, I can't even make wudu properly. I can't even write. I can't even eat. One tiny paper cut on the tip of your finger. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught the angels to strike the disbelievers at these places in particular. Why? So that they would be incapacitated for fighting and they would be easily captured. Strategy. You don't need a lot. You just need proper planning. Yes. Also with like paper cuts, when we eat our spicy Indian Pakistani yeah. food, um, it like burns and it you stings can't even really like bad. Yeah. Eat it exactly. So what happens on your fingers 
any kind of injury, any kind of wound, whether it's a cut or you know a hit or whatever it may be, it's very painful. It incapacitates you, right? And the thing is that you see it. If there's something on your back, right? Or let's say on your head, or if there's something behind your elbow, you can't see it all the time. When you can't see it all the time, it doesn't bother you that much. But what's on your fingers, you see it. You feel it. It hurts you even more. Emotionally it hurts you. Physically it hurts you. Right? ذَلِكَ that. Why strike them in this brutal way? And why incapacitate them? Why capture them? Why? بِأَنَّهُمْ Because indeed they شَاقُ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ They opposed Allah and His Messenger. وَمَيْ And whoever يُشَاقِقِ اللَّهَ Whoever opposes Allah وَرَسُولَهُ and His Messenger فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ Then indeed Allah is severe in penalty. He is severe in punishment. In other words, these people, they deserve this. Why do they deserve it? Because they have been opposing Allah and His Messenger, they have been showing great hostility to Allah and His believers. How? If you think about it, throughout the years that the Prophet ﷺ spent in Mecca as a Prophet, those 13 years, how was it? How was it? It was every single day was spent with a lot of difficulty. Imagine even Abu Bakr did not feel secure in Mecca anymore. Imagine Abu Bakr. Imagine a person like Umar radiallahu anhu had to do hijrah. Imagine a person like Hamza radiallahu anhu had to do hijrah. Life was made so difficult for these great men. So the people who have been torturing them, opposing them, showing their hostility, now is the time to inflict revenge on them. And they deserve every bit of it. And whoever opposes Allah and His Messenger, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ A person who is hostile to Allah and His Messenger, for some time they may have respite. They can say all they want, they can do all they want, they can oppose Islam, the Qur'an, they can mock at it, they can ridicule it, whatever they want. But eventually, when Allah's punishment comes, it is very severe. ذَلِكُمْ That, O you all, فَذُوقُوهُ So taste it. وَأَنَّ لِلْكَافِرِينَ عَذَابَ النَّارِ And that indeed for the disbelievers is the punishment of the fire. Meaning this is just a taste. This is just a beginning of the punishment in this world. When these people are struck on their necks, when their fingertips are hurt, this is just the beginning. Actually what awaits them is what? The punishment of the fire which is far, far more painful. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَإِذْ يَعِدُكُمُ اللَّهُ إِحْدَى الطَّائِفَتَيْنِ أَنَّهَا لَكُمْ وَتَوَدُّونَ أَنَّ غَيْرَ ذَاتِ الشَّوْكَةِ تَكُونُ لَكُمْ وَيُرِيدُ اللَّهُ أَنْ يُحِقَّ الْحَقَّ بِكَلِمَاتِهِ وَيَقْطَعَ دَابِرَ الْكَافِرِينَ لِيُحِقَّ الْحَقَّ وَيُبْطِلَ الْبَاطِلَ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْمُجْرِمُونَ إِذْ تَسْتَغِيثُونَ رَبَّكُمْ فَاسْتَجَابَ لَكُمْ أَنِّي مُمِدُّكُمْ بِأَلْفٍ مِّنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ مُرْدِفِينَ 
وَمَا جَعَلَهُ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بُشْرَى وَلِتَطْمَئِنَّ بِهِ قُلُوبُكُمْ وَمَنْ نَصْرُ إِلَّا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ إِذْ يُغَشِّيكُمُ النُّعَاسَ أَمَنَةً مِّنْهُ وَيُنَزِّلُ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً لِيُطَهِّرَكُمْ بِهِ وَيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمْ رِجَزَ الشَّيْطَانِ وَلِيَرْبِطَ عَلَى قُلُوبِكُمْ وَلِيَرْبِطَ عَلَى قُلُوبِكُمْ وَيُثَبِّتَ بِهِ الْأَقْدَامِ إذ يوحي ربك إلى الملائكة أني معكم فثبتوا الذين آمنوا سألقي في قلوب الذين كفروا الرعب فاضربوا فوق الأعناق واضربوا منهم كل بنان ذلك بأنهم شاقوا الله ورسوله ومن يشاتق الله ورسوله فإن الله شديد العقاب ذلكم فذوقوه وأن للكافرين عذابا النار 